0: Triple Play Fantasy's basketball show with Doc, Coach, and Brass DeDomis starts now.
1: So We welcome in a man who is as verified as a bucket getter as that blue check mark on Twitter. Although he didn't know that you could take the court apart, he picked apart his defenders on it. He's not just a hooper. He's an entrepreneur, a girl dad, and a family man, a pool champ, a sneakerhead. He does a lot of chilling, spending time with the kids, and hooping. The man loves to put throwbacks Thursdays on his Instagram page. This man is always repping, whether it's Haiti, Brooklyn, or Rutgers. What do you do, baby? Yeah, yo, what do you do? Hey, I do believe we have Quincy Doobie. What is going on?
0: Hey, what's going on, man? Thanks for having me, man.
1: Hey, appreciate you joining us, Quincy. First of all, Happy New Year to you and your family. How are you guys doing?
0: You're doing pretty good. You know, just um enjoying life, trying to um get through this COVID situation.
1: Yeah, it's it's crazy times. It's crazy times, and I'm glad to hear that everything's going well and, you know, as we you said before we hopped on, let's see how the year ends, but Quincy, sure. I want to start with the early years. Now, you're raised in Coney Island, Brooklyn, where a lot of hoopers began their career. However, your basketball career didn't start until high school and kind of the professional sense. And Coach Jack Ringle watched you play in pickup basketball. He saw your raw skills and athleticism, brought you onto the varsity team at William Grady High School. And during your junior season, you won the PSAL Division Champ, scored 19 in the championship game. You're riding great of the championship. And that's just a preview for your senior season. As you averaged, and I'm going to emphasize averaged, 35.6 points per game including a school record 63 points against Franklin Roosevelt. Now, once again, average 35.6. So it seems like basketball is second nature to you. You were referred to as, quote, a street ball player, but the skills are obviously there. Why did you not choose to play, you know, quote, unquote, more professional ball at an early age?
0: Um, I mean, I started playing ball late. Like, you know, like I tell my story before, my parents were um, Haitian immigrants, you know, um, I was um born in Flatbush, and you know we wound up moving to Coney Island. I was about eight or nine years old, so um when we moved to Coney Island, there's a basketball court on every block. So going to school, that's all I'm seeing is basketball courts. So I was always intrigued, like what is that, you know? And then when um because we moved around the winter time, so you know nobody was outside on the courts during the winter. It's snow, it's cold. So when the summer came around, I saw everybody playing, and I'm looking out my window. I'm like. I want to, I want to be a part of that, you know? So, you know, as I got older, um, you know, got closer with my, with my peers in school, they started bringing me around, you know, the the parks and stuff and started putting me on their team. And, you know, that's how I got the love, but, you know, it started late Mm -hmm. being that, um, you know, my parents were Haitian immigrants, you know, um, they're a little different. So they, they were really strict. Um, so, you know, I couldn't really move how I wanted to, and they, they you know, they wasn't really in the sports. They wanted me to focus on school 100%, but, you know, living in America, Coney Island, it's kind of hard to just focus on school when, you know, everybody, basketball is a thing. Basketball was was number one in Coney Island, so, you know, um, yeah, I started, I started um, being able to go out later as I got a little older, so... You know, when I was young, I wasn't, you know, able to really maneuver like that. So I wasn't able to get in the circuit and, you know, really get out there and get in the um, basketball like that. So, you know, that's that's how my story begins. Mm-hmm.
1: And I forgot to show the graphic because you could see in that background. I mean, that's born and raised right there. I mean, the yeah, picture on you, Brooklyn the Bridge. Picture, Yeah, picture on you in the left. You, you I, That's how I know. That's how I know you would dog on the basketball court. So. Good. you attended prep school in Connecticut for a year and you initially committed to Hofstra before Rutgers, you know, coach Gary waters, he swayed you to commit there um, where you'd have a stellar college career. But I'm interested because you played high school ball in an area where a lot of great players come out. i um, you know, the Stefan Marbury's, the Sebastian Telfair's you had good stats. You had the accolades. You had the spotlight of winning a championship. Why prep school initially and did more D one schools not heavily recruit you?
0: No, I had a lot of D1 schools recruiting me, and the reason why I committed to Hoster early because Jay Wright, who's at Villanova right now, was at Hoster. And you 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 see how you see the success he's having at, at Villanova, you know, being ranked every year. He had kind of mm-hmm. that same swag going on at Hoster, and I love this personality so much that I committed, but I did commit it after he um, you know, um took the job at Villanova. So you know, he started recruiting me in Villanova, but he told me to go to prep school because he already got two guys, Randy Ford and Alan Ray, who's my who was my class, and I was like, you know, those guys were playing longer than me, they were um ranked higher than me, and I was like, you know, I, I feel if I get into this situation, they you know they gonna play, they gonna play by, you know, um. The, the, the position guys are in you know and I was I was in the bottom I wasn't really ranked high like that you know what I mean so I didn't want to get into all of that so you know I, I went to prep school also to put another year under my belt because I only played two years of high school basketball mm-hmm. you know and going into going to college playing only two years of high school basketball I feel I didn't feel I was ready you know I felt like let me get an extra year and then I could also focus on my academics and, you know, get my academics a lot, a lot strong. I went to a really good prep school, St. Thomas More, who prepared me for college. Like So when I got there, I wasn't overwhelmed with the work because they, I was getting college level work. And, you know, it, it was and then also, too, I was away from home in a, in a dorm, you know, so it, it definitely prepared me for, for, for college. That's why I had such a really good freshman year as soon as I yeah. came in.
1: Yeah, and we got we got some people checking in. I mean, you got the you got the fans coming in when we saw Quincy Doobie. And I mean, let's dive into your college career because, like you said, you made an impact right away. You averaged half points, two rebounds, two assists as a freshman, mostly coming off the bench, but still earning Big East All Rookie Team. You became a regular starter your sophomore year, and you increased your stats in every category. Junior season, you led the Big East in scoring at twenty five points twenty five point four points per game first Rutgers player to accomplish that. Your 839 points that season is still a Rutgers record. I don't know if you knew that. And, I mean, rightfully so. You decided, you know, to enter the draft after first team all Big East. I mean, your stock was very high at that point. Did you have any thoughts of coming back for your senior season?
0: I did, only because, um, you know, Coach Wood has wound up resigning. And um, Mm -hmm. I got really close with assistant coach um, Fred Hill. Um, you know he he just started a, um a prep school also in um new jersey but um yeah, me and him was really close and he 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 got the head coaching position so i wanted i wanted to stay my last year um not only to develop more but to play for him and to you know help him you know have a good season mm-hmm. you know but um like you said my stock was high and you know, talking to agents, they said they don't think it could get any higher than what it is. So the it was the best time for me to leave, you know?
1: Yeah. And I, I mean, after leading the Big East in scoring, and I mean, you know, just seeing the highlights, the way that you take over the game. I mean, scoring translates very well to the next level. And I mean, you experience the dream that most kids do. You're selected 19th overall by the Kings in the 2006 NBA draft. You're the first player to be selected in the first round, but from Rutgers since 1983. Gotta ask, what did you drink that night?
0: Um, uh, <laughs>
1: I, I had a I had a couple shots of vodka. Um, okay,
0: only a couple. I, yeah, a couple. Cause um, you know, my agent got on the phone with me. He was like, "Hey, you gotta um, you got a flight the next morning. You got a press uh... conference. So I had to at my literally, I had a flight like seven o'clock in the morning. I had to fly to um California. And then once I got there, you know, they took me to the hotel. Um, you know, they gave me a bunch of gear, and then they—I I had to go to, to meetings and all of that, and um, press conferences and autograph signings, and it was—it was, it was a, a whirlwind. So I'm yeah. happy I didn't over—over over drunk, over <laughs> drunk, you know. So, yeah,
1: I guess it's probably not the best thing hungover and, and first impressions. I mean, right?
0: I probably would have missed the flight
1: if I was trying to keep
0: the, up with the, with my friends.
1: Hey, that's more self-control than I have. So props to you that man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, diving into your NBA career, the first year you played in 42 games, you are averaging three points per game. Following season, you play 74, you averaged five points a game. And your last season, you played with the Kings and Raptors, averaging four and a half points a game. You spent the majority of your basketball career overseas playing in a variety of leagues. And I definitely want to touch on some of that playing experience. I know looking back, it was a humbling experience. You became a global citizen and really changed who you were. And your words, you know, quote, the world doesn't look as big as as big anymore. Everything seems within reach. So we've seen people like Josh Childress have become pioneers for college basketball stars that, you know, spent the majority of their career overseas. You obviously is an example as well. But, you know, this is 15 years ago. You know, was there any part of you that wanted to try another stint in the NBA?
0: I did, but I, I had such a bad experience in Sacramento. You know, um, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for the opportunity. Um, When I got drafted, Adam just had got fired. Adamman doesn't play with a traditional point guard, so I would have been perfect, you know, in his offense. He had, like, that Princeton offense backdoor, mm-hmm. and he liked the big guys to be, like, the passers off the offense, you know? So for a score who know how to back cut and how to get open, it would have been perfect for me, but... You know, um, when, when I got on the Kings, we didn't have a coach. They didn't wind up hiring um, Eric Musselman, my rookie year. And he mm-hmm. wanted me to be a traditional point guard. Like, hey, I need you to run the offense. Like, this is the offense. Like, I don't need you to – he didn't know my game or nothing. Like, mm-hmm. And, you know, I came in as a score combo guard. He wanted me to be a traditional point guard pass first. So, mm-hmm. you know, we kind of butt heads a little bit in – you know, I could have did some things to change my game, but, you know, I was I was a little young, and I was confused that they would draft me in the first round and wouldn't have plans. Like, they just like, hey, this is – we drafted you, but, hey, we your game, it don't matter. Just play this position. So um, that's how my first year went. Then my second year, they fired him because he was just – wow. He got a DUI um the beginning mm-hmm. of the season. He used oh, to be wow. in the clubs, like – you Is know, the he, coach he, he he he's a he's a head coach for a university now i think um arkansas you know he came a long way but you know he 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 was a he was a wild dude as a as a as a coach me experiencing that as a rookie like i was i was confused. i didn't, I didn't expect the nba to be you know like that so um yeah i experienced that my first year and my second year they hired um reggie Thiers. Mm-hmm. um you know he played for the kings you know he played in the 80s and you know the 80s is first um first pass point guard traditional point guard he wanted me to be the same thing like hey i need you to be a tra- bring it down i need you to look for my guys and i'm just like if i would take a shot it would be hey come out the game i told you know it would be like hey, i told you to pass it like so i was out there thinking too much instead mm-hmm. of playing you know because i wasn't playing my natural even though um i got drafted because i was a school i was playing the a situation not to flourish you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so like like i said now that i'm more mature i probably would have got a trainer and change try to change to be a traditional point guard because that's a once in a lifetime opportunity you know but at the time i was just confused and i was stubborn and i was mad and you know um I didn't really understand the business side, as in like telling my agent, hey, um, trade me and put me in a better situation because, you know, um, mm-hmm. I, I could have got traded to Dallas, to the Suns. That was more my game, you know, mm-hmm. up and down, shooting. Because well, you know they was before they turned, they was playing like how they play now. Those, those like, it was like three teams it, playing. Yes, it
1: like it's the run and gun sons, you know, Nashville. Right. It, right. it, it's, cr- it's crazy that they're they the they ones didn't. that
0: changed the league. You know, the Warriors. And um, but when I was in the league, that that wasn't it. Wasn't really respected. It was only a few. Now every team is doing it. But when I was in the league, it was only a few teams. If I was smart, I would have said, "Hey, can you get me over here?" Because those teams were calling my agent during the draft, trying to see if they can move up to get me. Like, the Suns, um, Dallas Mavericks, even the Clippers, um, who, you know, didn't really play with a traditional point guard at the time. When, um, yeah. So, you know, the, yeah. and, then, and then my last year, my last year, my, my third year, um, they, they like, a few games into the season, they fired Reggie Thiers and hired his assistant coach, who played also played in the 80s. His name is Kenny Nat. You know, um he put yeah. he um was a coach with the um Utah Jazz with um Jerry Sloan. Mm-hmm. Um so you know he 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 wanted me to be a traditional point guard again. Like
1: it's kind of crazy. Like I and and I don't want to trash the Kings organization because obviously they're the one that gave you the shot in the NBA, but they've seemed like one of the most dysfunctional franchises. One there was the of, most
0: dysfunctional and but, um for some, some of the draft for, for picks they had too. In, for a kid coming in, you gotta give him you gotta give him guidance, especially, you know, not everybody coming from a good circle and you know, um, somebody that can help them maneuver as in like, oh, let me get a trade out of here. You yeah. know, that would have been my best bet to just get traded out of there because they were so dis- dysfunctional. It was no stability with coaches, like you know, the good teams, you gotta coach there for 10, 20 years. Like
1: yeah.
0: in, in my three years there, I had a different coach every year. You know what I'm saying? And then when I got to, to the Raptors. Um, they just fire Sam Mitchell and they hire his assistant, um, Jay Triano. Yeah, and he wanted me to be a traditional point guard as well. You know, so it's, it's, it's
1: just like it's crazy in the sense of like this is who you are. You're a scorer in college, right. and the val and the value of having somebody off the bench that can score. The Jamal Crawfords, the Lou Williams, the Jordan Clarksons that we see today. A lot of times. You you know obviously the bench players are reserves. You know you, you might have a big man that is a big body out there or a point guard that that, that has a good right. assist to turnover ratio, but you need someone that can ignite the offense. And right. that was you. Like watching your highlights, you know the the closing games against the Lakers. You know you have a tough and one. You can hit the shot off the screen. Is they? It's crazy that these teams didn't utilize your strengths.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, when you when when it's um professional like. You you gotta understand it's professional. It's your it's your job, like they're not looking at it like, especially um, you know, coaches that play. You know, a lot of them are looking at it like, hey, you got an opportunity, I got an opportunity, I made the best of it. Like, this is what I got to offer you, figure it out. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And at the time I wasn't ready for that. I didn't I didn't expect that. I wasn't ready for that. And you know, I was ready to go and just continue to do what I, I thought that's why I got drafted, you know, because mm-hmm. of what I could do, you know, but mm-hmm. Like I said, you know, it's a business at the end of the day. Whether they draft you, it's going to be another draft next year. You're replaceable. So a lot of them look at it like that. They don't look at it like, oh, let me make sure. my. Some teams does it like, you know, the Spurs. Those teams are the successful teams. Like mm-hmm. if um the Spurs draft you, they're going to make sure you success your asset where they could trade you, even if they don't want you. They're going to make sure that they're able to get something out of you and you're able to do, do something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, you and know, I, a lot of teams, a lot of teams aren't like that. You know, a lot of teams are dysfunctional. You know, um, they just, they're not hiring the right people, you know. So, you know, stuff like that is going to happen.
1: I mean, just to put the bow on a uh, poo-pooing on the Kings, they drafted Tyreek Evans. He wins rookie of the year. They trade him away. And then they trade back for him a couple of years later. I mean, I, I, it seems like this is
0: very dysfunctional.
1: Yeah, and you know I don't want to talk about that too much because I want to highlight on just how great your career overseas was. I mean, you played in Spain, you played in China, Germany, Lebanon, Turkey, among others. And I mean, you did what you were known for, you're scoring the ball. In 2009, you were the top scorer in the Turkish League at 23.6 points per game, 4.6 assists. In China, as a member of the Zhejiang Golden Bulls, you scored a CBA record, 75 points, and would average 31.6 points per game that season in 2012, 2013. I mean, it's just child's play at this point. you toying with them. Dude. So, I mean, at this point, you can see I've done my research, my stalking on you. I know you have some of the wild stories from playing overseas. People attacking the team bus, throwing firecrackers at the, on the court. Like at what point does this feel normal? I know you were you were raised in Brooklyn, so it didn't bother you, but you got to be like at certain point, like what's next?
0: I seen I seen worse, but um, uh, let's see the, the difference. The difference between um overseas and the NBA. When I got overseas, they told me play a game, like right? you know what I mean. So yeah. I just was playing free and. I, I, at a point, I I, I loved the lo- love for the game. I lost it, you know what I mean, when I was in the NBA because, you know, I wasn't playing my game. I wasn't happy, but I gained it back going back overseas. So it was hard for me to go back because I never did it for the money. You know, I'm not a flashy guy. I don't care about cars. I don't care about the jewelry. Like, so basketball was always for the love. So when it wasn't working out, overseas is not as much money as as um the NBA, but it's, it's, you know, it's seven. I was making seven figures, you know. Okay. You secured so, the bag. Um, you secure yeah, so, the bag. Yeah. So yeah. So I w- I was able to you know take care of my, my mom and dad, get to my house, and you know get myself secure. You know have properties and you know rental um Airbnb. So I was able to do good for myself, but I I didn't really care to go back to the NBA. I had such a bad experience that I was like, man, I'm I'm you know these I don't want to go into another situation. They like, hey, you got to be a traditional point guard and.
1: Yeah, You, you probably, know what I'm saying? Was probably, I, I was, was having a fun playing my game. Hate, it's probably the three words you hate the most, traditional point guard. <laughs>
0: I, oh, my gosh, man. Like, I'm watching the games now. I'm like, yo, it's, it's no point. Like, you know, um, you still got your traditional point, Chris Paul. That's probably, like, the only real point guard in the NBA right now. You know what I mean? Everybody yeah. is, is interchangeable, like, you know? And it's yeah. up and down. Rod, Rod you just and I was doing that in college. I was shooting mm-hmm. I was shooting like 30 footers, 35 footers consistently yeah, and making them up. in college and um <laughs> playing playing up and down like that, you know what I mean? So yeah. today's games would have fit me better, but um what would what, what you um ask again? Um yeah my so, all my, right. my, oh yeah, oh yeah
1: something yeah yeah so you much. said I saw people saw attack the team bus. They threw firecrackers on the court. You said that wasn't even the wildest thing. So what was that
0: wasn't the wildest thing was playing ball in my neighborhood. Like 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 when we went um a couple of times we would take like a couple few guys from the neighborhood. You know, we had somebody that would take us to games across town. We used to literally have Roy Wumboos on the court from a disagreement, referees like running out, like guys getting hit over the head with a bottle. Like like these oh are God, what? the type of situations like I grew up in, so I didn't have to worry about nobody attacking me over there. Like, as in, like, like physically, just jump. Like, they would throw stuff, but the, you know, um, security would get control over it. I never was worried that somebody would attack me. You know, as in, like, run up on me and try to stab me or punch me. Or something. It was more from stands, like people trying to um, do it to, to scare you, so you know they could get their mm-hmm. team an advantage. It, but it would never work. Cause, like I told you, I come from, I come from so. To me, that was nothing. I just was like, "Whatever, like, let's go," you know. which yeah, I'm- the overseas coaches love. They they don't, they don't love guys coming being scared because you go to these away games, man. Like they they have um, barricades over our bench because that's how like you know crazy it gets overseas. You know?
1: Oh man, that's that's crazy. And when I read that story, I was like, "Wow." He just shrugs it off like it's nothing. We're talking with. Quincy Doobie, certified bucket getter, the man that has traveled the world. Quincy, we like to get our guests out of here with a little rapid fire, some this or that questions. Not all these are basketball related. You probably haven't been asked some of these before your game. Yeah. All right. Would you rather drop 100 in an overseas game or 40 in an NBA game?
0: I would say forty in the NBA game because you, you just go get a lot more notoriety, I and mean, you know your home base.
1: I mean that that hundred that's a wilt, though. But I get it, I get it. The better Jordans, the ones or the elevens.
0: Man, those are my two favorite ones. I mean,
1: they're everybody's favorite. Um, I would I would say the elevens because
0: they they feel better to play basketball in than the ones. So, but they both look good. You're, just, you're, you know, you're
1: hooping in 11s. And...
0: Yeah, what? I will. I will. I will go. I will go with the 11s. I will have to go with the 11s because I, I could do both of them. You know what I
1: mean?
0: All right. After All right. a while, well, I like have to what 11's? What 11's? I wear them a couple couple times. What
1: we talking? What 11s are we talking about? The breads, cool grays.
0: Nah, cool. Uh, nah, not the cool grays. The cool grays. You gotta you gotta shelf those. I'm talking yeah. about the um the 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 curls, the white white and um white and black.
1: Okay. okay. Yeah. I, I have seen people hoop, hooping those, but all right. That's, that's yeah, cool I, used, one. I
0: used to hoop in those in high school. I, I used to hoop in a lot of jays. Like, if you look at some of my old high school footage, like I would play in the threes, join threes. I would play in the, um, the 11s. I would play in um, the Bugs Bunnies. Like,
1: oh man. Yeah, that's one sneakerhead right there. Yeah. All right. So, would you rather hear the painful truth or a comfortable lie?
0: I want to pay for truth. I just wanna, I just keep it real. If it's bad, I could go my way. If it's, you know, All right. if it's something I gotta look out for, like I need to, I want to be aware. I don't want to know it's something that you holding back from me. I just, just put it on the table.
1: Uh, that's what I figured you'd say. All right, you can go back to one day in your life and repeat it or change it. Do you know the exact day you'd do? absolutely what is it I
0: know dealing with this girl that I met in high school like, <laughs> it should have it should have ended a few months into it but I it, it got dragged off for like 10 years oh my gosh I like I wasn't expecting that at all I love that man you're giving the real estate no I'm I I like the I like to keep it real at the end of the day you know what I mean I, that, I that took you. a lot of time and energy and um, a lot of distractions that I, I didn't need, you know, and a lot of it came when I started my career. So imagine having to deal with guys telling you, "Hey, be a traditional point guard." Then you got a maniac. You trying to um, you trying to build something with, you know what I mean? So oh I would gosh. say that.
1: I love that. All right.
0: I, I got I got a wife now. Um, you know she she's the best. This, this I wish I would have found her earlier.
1: Y'all are goals. Y'all are goals. I saw some of the pictures. All right. Yeah. So for three months, would you rather not play or watch basketball in any capacity, or you can't get a haircut, and that includes a shape up?
0: I'd rather can't get a haircut. I could put a hat on. Okay, that's a good answer. Yeah, I could put a hat answer. on, but I, I need to watch. I need to watch some games, man. All right,
1: all right, that's fair. I love
0: I love watching basketball, especially um now it's it's so much fun. How I, I know people want to say, oh, it's not like the eighties, but. It's so much fun just watching it up and down, you know. Um, oh, it's shots so going up! Like,
1: I, I'm cool. with, I'm with you. I, I, I'll wear a hat also. I like that answer. What is better to dip chips in, guacamole or salsa?
0: I say salsa.
1: Okay, all right. Would you rather owe someone money or owe them a favor?
0: I would rather owe somebody a favor. I don't like own people money.
1: Okay. All right. Well, yeah. I, that's the thing. You don't know what the favor is. Could be small. Could be big. We got. I could always left. say no, but but
0: if you owe somebody money and you take too long to pay, they might. Hey, it's debt in it. Like you know, or it might be a problem. You know, I I seen a lot of I seen a lot of crazy stuff. So I don't owe nobody. I don't like owing nobody no
1: money. That's fair. That's fair. We got a few left. Would you rather be reborn in the past or in the future?
0: if I was reborn in the past with the knowledge I know
1: from the future. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're like born in different, like if you're in the eighties, you're living in the eighties. You don't know what 2020 is like now.
0: Oh yeah. Nah, I will, I will be born in the future. I don't, the eighties was a wild time. I probably wanna. I probably wouldn't have made it through the eighties. man.
1: Okay. All right. I, that's a good answer. I mean, we're young guys, so definitely in the future, right. we don't want to go to the past. Yeah. I'm interested. I'm interested to hear this one. Would you rather fight Mike Tyson once or talk like him the rest of your life?
0: <laughs> I mean, that one fight, I could I could end up dead. So I'd rather talk to him. I'd rather talk to him. Yeah,
1: but like you're him. from the straights. You don't think you could take it? Like, here's a thing. Come I on, mean, man. He's a you, you profe-
0: can- I'm not a professional. He know he know how to hit. I don't know how to block. I don't. It, 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 that's why he fight professional other professional fighters. Like, nah. I'm realistic. Like. <laughs> i know i'm from the i know i'm from the hood but that don't make me tough or a, a thug or not. you know what i mean like i don't need i'm not gonna fight no dude like that that has his experience and his power like he could give me one hit and i got brain damage like
1: i respect that answer because most people that we ask they'll say i'll take one punch and i'll just pretend i'm knocked out and and i technically did it so i like it. you know what I'm with you. I'm I'm a small guy myself. He probably does kill me with one that one. Punch that
0: one punch. You don't know. It might it might do some damage. That <laughs> yes. talking like him. You know, you'll be looking back like, hey.
1: Nah. <laughs> All right. The last one we got here. Would you rather use sandpaper as toilet paper or hot sauce as eye drops? <sighs>
0: I mean, I I would have to, I would have to go, let me see. I told you probably
1: probably have been asked some of these before.
0: Yeah, (laughs) nah, I I probably would just do the hot sauce because I got to sit. I got to, nah, that, that area right there can't, nothing, nothing can't go near that, man. Yeah, but your eyes burn. Like that's, that's your vision there. Hey, I will just wash it off and whenever, whenever the time is up, I will wash it off. Oh
1: man. That's a good answer. I, I like the reasoning behind this. Quincy really appreciate you coming on, taking some time. To tell us about your story. Um, you know, before we get you out of here, do you want to plug anything you're working on where they can find you on the socials, where they can find your highlight tapes? Yeah.
0: I mean, I mean, you could, I'm just YouTube Quincy Doobie. Um, or Google Quincy Doobie and you can see a lot of, um, footages and, um, you know, stats. Um, right now I'm, I'm in the real estate with my wife and, you know, I'm finishing my degree and also I just got a head coaching job at a prep school, Miami prep university. So, I mean, Miami prep, um, prep school. So, you know, I'm starting that, um, in September, October of this year. So I'm really looking forward to, you know, helping the youth getting guys, you know, to, um, you know, make it further than I did, and you know, whoever don't, you know, just helping them learn the off the court life and you know the life situations that I that I um learned and you know these experience that I got from traveling the world. So, want to pass it on to them. So,
1: I'm looking a forward. Better, a better human being than he was a basketball player, and that says a lot. Make yeah, sure trying, you follow. Trying, man. Make sure you follow him on Instagram. Is is do believe? um D O U. B-Y-L-I-E-V-E. He's at 14.3K followers. He needs at least 15,000. So anybody watching this, make sure you follow him. Show so appreciate- love, show love. Everybody appreciate you guys tuning in. Give him a follow. We'll catch you guys on the next one.